Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry, and lately I've been buying my dog a lot of fashionable bandanas. This interview is with one of the head writers for Cartoon Network's We Bear Bears and the spin-off We Baby Bears, Mikey Heller. Besides writing for one of the most popular shows on Cartoon Network, Mikey also draws comics on the side, which he publishes on his popular Instagram page. Now, in this chat, Mikey's going to share his journey into writing, but also how new writers can break into the writing for animated television scene, what you should do to bump yourself up to the top interview spot for a new writing position, and how animators and writers can work better together. But first, this episode is sponsored by Hue Animation Studio, which is a stop-motion starter kit that introduces anyone wanting to tell their own stories to claymation, lip-syncing, rotoscoping, cutout animation, and more. Their kit contains the flexible and poseable Hue HD camera with a built-in microphone, their easy-to-use animation software with onion skinning, time-lapse, and chroma key tools, the Hue book of animation containing step step instructions to create 20 exciting stop-motion videos and digital resources such as free sound effects, storyboard templates, printable backgrounds, and activity sheets. So if you'd like to start creating your own stop-motion videos and stories but don't know where to start, Hue Animation Studio is perfect for you. And you can check out their stuff by heading on over to HueHD.com and I've included a link to that in the description of this podcast. So please check it out. And now without further ado, let's jump into the chat. Hi, Mikey. Thanks. Thank you so much for coming on the chat. How's it been going over there? Uh, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, what have you been working on lately during this uh, these interesting times? Uh, these are interesting times. Lately, I haven't been doing much. I'm on break from my job. Oh. Uh, but before my break, I was working on uh, the, the Wee Baby Bears spinoff, spinoff of Wee Bear Bears. Cute. What were you? Uh, what were you working on? We baby bears. Uh, I'm the yeah. I'm the writer on the show. So we're we're working on that, and uh, we'll get back to it. But we're just on our our general hiatus right now. So tell me, I'm I'm basically like living and breathing animation right now. I run this podcast. You know, I got school. I got side mm -hmm. projects, etc. What do you do with a break? Like, what do you what are you personally doing with a break? Are you just taking a break from animation? Oh, period and like I, I don't know what, uh, what I'm supposed to do with a break. So like, um, it's pretty typical that after uh, a certain amount of, of episodes or a show that you get a break and hmm. best case scenario, it's, it's like maybe four or six weeks and then you can just go right back to it. Um, and by, for some reason or another, haven't had a break from bears for like, five years <laughs> there'd always be a reason usually it would come like every year or year and a half or two or maybe but uh so this is my first one in a long time but it's during the, this pandemic so i've just been sitting inside oh no so typically you'd maybe go somewhere <laughs> yeah last i mean years and years ago it was so long but i just kind of um hopped around back on the east coast where i'm from and just kind of hung out for a little while visiting people um but so this time it was just sort of hunkering down and gotcha. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was just wondering if you're like taking this opportunity to work on personal projects or just a, a complete break from writing. I was all. working on um, a comic strip. I was drawing a, a comic strip for Christmas every day. I'd post another page of, of the Bagel High Christmas special. It was about these bagels that go to high school and I drew them earlier uh, in the spring and decided to bring them back for like a 30 page story. So I was doing that up until Christmas, but since then I've just been chilling. 
honestly just enjoy the chill so i want to yeah. <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta enjoy the chill i i would work on more stuff but it's it's just a there's there's a lot of uh pandemic related uh stuff occupying everyone's brain right now totally yeah so let's let's chat about we bear bears i mean originally you told me that uh you know, you became head writer on We Bear Bears, but unfast forward, and it's from you just posting stuff online for fun. So, like, tell me—I don't know if unfast forward is a no, no, no. no. There, so I, I wasn't immediately the head writer, but I—I'd I, say after I forget, maybe after a few years, I was promoted to head writer. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I was—I was living in New York, and I was drawing just comics and posting them to my site, and people would post the comics on tumblr or or different kind of sites like that and i was asked by daniel who had just started working on uh bears if i wanted to try writing a story or, or pitching stories just to try it out and i did that on and off for, for like six months maybe or a little less and then they just offered me the full-time gig and i moved on over to la to do it um, did you, okay, so you're just like, hey, I'm a random dude posting my stuff online. It gets picked up on Tumblr. Then a Cartoon Network TV show is like, hey there, Mikey, would you like to to write for our TV show? Like, how does that feel? Uh, it felt crazy. <laughs> it was very surreal. At that point, it had started to happen to different cartoonists online. People would kind of get plucked to uh, work on different especially for like Cartoon Network series. Um, but I didn't ever imagine that would happen to me, uh, but it did. And yeah, it was really crazy. Um, I feel like it didn't even sink in until I was literally like at the studio reporting for duty. That's pretty crazy. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining like, okay, so I'm in your shoes. Uh, somebody from Cartoon Network contacts me and asked me to like work on this thing. I think I would like do everything in my power to like, I don't know, I would like suck up so much, go like over the top with my work, like try to, try to like, I don't know. I weirdly wasn't quite doing that. I, I would try to do a good job, but I didn't want to, you know, I think if you do too much of that, you start being your genuine self and that's the yeah. person they're interested in. And you don't want to, try to tailor your work exactly to what you think they might do you just follow the instincts that they kind of hired you to follow so you weren't specifically like this is now my in i'm gonna like wrangle myself to get in there and then th that's what happened it just kind of happened yeah i just i just took it day by day and when um daniel gave me an assignment to do some sort of some sort of writing assignment i would just do what i thought was funny and what felt good to the show um but also i, I should say this i didn't know what i was really doing <laughs> i was 23 and i um had you know drawn comics and made videos and, and certainly writ written stuff but never on in this capacity so i was just trying my best and if i liked kind of what i did i just would move on so were you were you specifically trying to become a writer for animation or uh, i think animation was always the goal i almost studied animation but decided instead to study tv production just because i thought i'd be more likely to, i don't know i just thought that seems safer maybe and 
but I definitely wanted to work in television as a writer. So were you working in television as a writer at, at the time? No, no, no. I, after college, I worked a lot of odd jobs. And for a long time, I was a PA at a PBS station in Rochester, New York, where I'm from. And then I was in New York and I just was having kind of random jobs or freelance stuff here and there. Um, and I had no idea really that the path to being a TV writer is so elusive and, and hard to really grasp how, where, what that path truly is. There is no one right path anyway. So I just thought it would be far into the distance. So then I'm, I'm wondering, like you didn't have, uh, you didn't, you weren't trying, sorry, I guess what I'm trying to get at is you got this job offer when you didn't really have much experience writing before. So why did they trust you specifically other than these odd jobs here and there for the six months that they, they wanted? Well, I mean, your brain. For, for a board artist, they, you know, even if you just have like illustration work online, they would still give you a test to see if you have the skills or, or at least a sample of skills that they could move you and train you to board on the show. And that was sort of, and there are writing tests for some shows, but typically not so much, or they'd look at your samples or something. Um, but for this, the, the freelance assignments were the test. You know, Daniel would have me pitch episode ideas and then write an outline or write an outline for a story they were already working on or pitch gags to a story that they were working on um, and just little things like that. And I think after a while, Daniel felt safe enough to um, offer me the job, even though I was not very experienced, but I was now experienced in that show specifically. Which that makes sense. So they were kind of, they were giving you like increased kind of responsibility over that period to see how well you could fit with the show. Is that, yeah. some, is that something that's kind of typical? Like, um, no, no. I mean, for, for freelancing writing, like every show is, is different. And Daniel was just starting Bears. So I think um, he too was figuring out the best way to um, kind of outsource the writing or bring writers in. I mean, he was working with a lot of different writers at the beginning of Bears. Um, but I think stuff I was doing was just working out pretty well. And I was, I was brought on. There was already another full-time head writer so there was the two of us at the start, but then I, uh, different people would kind of filter in and out and I, I stuck around. I mean, well, I, I, like, I think that's amazing. I'm just wondering from like Cartoon Network's perspective, they're a huge broadcaster, production studio, et cetera. Um, don't they have like a whole inside team of, of writers and whatnot that they go to for these different shows or? Sure, I mean, like each there's- show, The director or showrunner can kind of choose the path that they want. It's kind of up to the showrunner um, to figure out what they want to do. Cartoon Network has a huge pool of, of talent that they like to um, pick from. Um, there's also LA is, is overflowing with talented writers. And, but it's not uncommon to just sort of take a chance on someone. Maybe not so much in writing, but that's what happened to me. Well, so um, you started, you're super excited, you're full-time now. Um, what do you do to, to make sure that you are keeping up to speed, you know, writing really well, like all that, all that stuff, all that anxiety that comes with starting a new job? Like, how did you, how did you make sure you were going with the flow, I guess? 
Oh, I have no idea how to answer that. Um, <laughs> I think it was another thing where I was just taking it one day at a time, one episode at a time. Because I, I did not know what um, the day-to-day operations of a cartoon series looked like. And this was a show in its first season. So I feel like a lot of people on a show's first season might not know. And every show kind of takes on its own process and what works, what doesn't work. So it just took some time to figure that out. Yeah. In addition to me figuring out the ins and outs of my own job. So what was the hardest thing to learn from, you know, outside life where you're doing odd jobs every once in a while to uh, going at this every single day? What was the biggest thing to adjust for you? Um, I don't know about the biggest adjustment, um, you know, because, you know, every if you have a job every day, it's still just it's your job. And you just got to show up and do the best job you can do. Um, it was... Yeah, I don't know how to answer that in a in a fun way. I just had to keep going to work. <laughs> There's no so no adjustment really. So like maybe what it, what was the point where you started to feel confident in what you were doing? Like you said, you were just taking it day by day. Yeah. What was the turning point for you to be like, I know what I'm doing now. I don't need to like go back for revisions or get so much feedback sure. or feel anxious. Like what was that? Turning? I think um, as we went into the second season. So in our first year, is kind of what I was saying before, where. Um, you just have to survive the first season. Everyone's figuring out how to do their job, how to manage other people, how to work together. And that's just true across the board. And some, some stages are going to get better than others. But when we got into our second season, I feel like we kind of figured out all the kinks to what our writing process was. And we also had the benefit of having this huge chunk of our first season to kind of look at and think, oh, this worked, this didn't work. Um, you know, that thing we did could give us another story or this character we made up later, that's a lot of stories we could do. So once we'd gotten to season two, I felt much more confident because um, our process was just a lot more streamlined. We could write a lot faster, which would give us more time to kind of work on the stories before they're handed off to story artists and yeah after at that point I felt pretty confident I also just knew the characters more you know you see them in enough situations it, it should start to feel like you know exactly what they would do or say or what would be the worst thing to happen to them or the best thing so gotcha. you, it um, takes on its own voice maybe you can time. shed some light on kind of the how the team uh operates like the whole pipeline like in my mind you know, the, the showrunner, the director, producer, whatever, with writers come up with the episodes, the outlines, and that's handed off to like the storyboard team, that's handed off to et cetera, et cetera. Um, what can you, so like the story has to be confirmed from the very beginning. So maybe you can like shed some light on how your whole process of how that happens and like your involvement throughout the rest of the pipeline versus just sure. the beginning. Uh, well, Weaver Bears was a um, outline driven show. It was board driven show, I should say. Um, we would think of ideas all the time. Sometimes Daniel would have ideas he's been wanting to do and it could be as, as precise as the exact premise or just like a location to explore. And uh, me and the other writer would usually just brainstorm a bunch of ideas. Eventually we'd get together, have a meeting with the, the Daniel and the directors of the show and maybe even other artists just to get their um, opinion on everything. And we would just kind of go over ideas and see what would work, what wouldn't work. At the beginning, we would kind of write the beats of the story on like index cards and pin them to the wall. 
But after a while, we even, I think we were getting quicker and, and just even more efficient that we could just talk out what the beats kind of should be or what the broad strokes and we'd go off and start typing the story. So we would just sort of get a bunch of ideas together and eventually as a group, we'd kind of pick a few that we knew we could move forward on. I was counting, there's, then, there's three of you in total? Uh, there's two full-time writers, two directors, and then there's Daniel. So gotcha. together that was sort of the writing team. And then we would also just bring people in. Um, usually other artists, sometimes storyboard artists, we would have a day each season where we would all go off site and everyone would pitch kind of any old crazy idea they have. And we would just talk over the ideas and then we pin up every drawing that was made onto the wall. So we'd have this big wall of inspiration. And if we ever used uh, someone's pitch, that was pretty much what they pitched. We try to bring them in because it was their story. And, um, we, we, we try to involve as many people as we could. Honestly, sitting in a room with a bunch of people and like shooting around ideas to create a story sounds like mad fun to me. <laughs> it, those were always the most fun days because they're, you know, they're very low stakes. Um, it's not like we're trying to break a story because we're on schedule. We were just yeah. asking for like any crazy idea because you never know. Someone might pitch something we'll never in a million years do, but that might inspire in conversation a few other stories that we absolutely could do so you never know where it's going to go and it's and it's just super fun and everyone draws and, and so when you're when you're writing on a regular schedule what does the timeline look like is it like monday brainstorm friday is the final outline for the board team? um it's hard to say there's always um a lot going on at once but you know a typical story is like a typical schedule i should say is um we would pitch some stories and then get, get into a meeting. Maybe by the end of that meeting, we'll have picked a few stories to move on or, or, kind of, or maybe whittled down and, and asked to develop further. Maybe the next day or two, we would try to get them into the beats all covered. And then from there, maybe we'd get the okay. And by the end of the week, we're writing the outlines. And then maybe Sometime the next week, we're looking over the outlines, making notes. Preferably, there's no huge blowups. You know, maybe we've, preferably before the outline, everyone has an idea of what the story is, what works, what doesn't. And then as you move forward, people's notes are just things like additive or just simple things to make sure the story is working as we move forward. Um, so a typical story, you know, should only take a couple of weeks maybe to write. I know that's, that schedule is specific for We Bear Bears. It is not true for every show. Um, and we'd be writing multiple at, at, at a time um, and they'd all be in different stages. Um, and then once, sometimes we would sit on a story and wait to hand it off because there would be a strategy as to what kinds of stories should be boarded next so as to not overload the production or the design team with several kinds of episodes in a row. So that was the best case scenario because if we wrote a story, finished it, all looked good, and then handed off to a board artist like a month later, in the meeting when we're handing it off, we could be like, hey, you know what would make this story better? X, Y, and Z, or this whole chunk you don't need. And those kinds of solutions are really clear because our minds are really fresh and new to this story now. And then from then, it's kind of up to the directors and the board artists and the showrunner and our involvement as the writers is maybe to see, maybe we would see a pass at the board and just offer some like joke suggestions or, or just a few things like that. Or maybe we'd see the animatic and we could also make some suggestions, but it's really just 
just feedback. At that point, we don't need to do much until there's a recording script. Then we would go through it and punch it up or make changes. Or if there was a big note to, that needs to be addressed, we would take it from there and see if we could, there's anything we could do to fix the note. But mostly all of our concentration was in the, the, those beginning stages of the stories. Nice. So I'm just, I'm just like picturing your week. Most of it is spent figuring out an outline for a specific show. Maybe you're working on a couple other shows and then going through feedback of various shows that are already in production at the animatic or, or. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's mostly just writing, pitching, writing, and then, and then maybe offering feedback or suggestions for things that are in later stages. Although that, that stuff's not as important as making sure we're generating new, exciting new stories. Gotcha. Um, that sounds like a lot of writing constantly, which would, I assume, just make you better as a writer by doing it constantly. But do you also study writing techniques and story techniques and things on the side? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think no matter what, if you're in a creative field, whenever you're consuming something, that's helping you learn because um, you're just kind of getting to know the field that you're in. But uh yeah, I, I like to read about writing and, and that's kind of it. <laughs> Not as interesting as an answer as I thought. That's when I started that sentence. Fair enough. I'm also wondering, um, like, like, honestly, this sounds like a lot of fun so far. Where does the stress come in? I'm assuming it's with deadlines and- Yeah, sure. The, deadline, the stress can come from, the stress can come from not cracking a story, preferably you know, we all come up with an idea, we all agree it rocks, we come up with how it should go about and we all agree that story works great. But sometimes you really wanna make, oh, you hear my dog going? Here he is. Rusty. Somebody right. at the door. <laughs> he's okay. Um, he's very passionate. So um, what was I just saying? The stress. Oh, the stress. So sometimes the stress can come from not being able to crack a story or if it feels like we're not um, really hitting it. We learned kind of later on how to, you know, abandon the story and move on. There's a few stories throughout the show where we like labored on them for a long time and you start to really lose your sense of um, sub uh, objectivity in assessing the story because you're kind of getting tunnel vision. That stress can, can come from not being able to crack it. Um, on bears, in terms of writing, I feel like we were pretty good about the schedule. So deadlines weren't really a huge stress. Um, sometimes if there was a fix that, that we would have to do, like we were getting a network note and it was a very challenging one, sometimes there'd be stress in trying to figure out how to fix that without. What's a, what's a challenging note from the network? Like, uh, you know, it's usually something like, oh, this whole third act you wrote you can't do. <laughs> Why? Yeah, but sometimes it can work out. Sometimes, like not for kids or something. Like usually, it's it's something like that. Something like they have some law or, or or some some rule. But sometimes it works out really well. Like we had this story called Subway, where they're just waiting for their subway to get back home, and we had this whole story about like one of them falling on the track and a train's coming at them. They can't get out in time, and we're like, that's that's what you need to do when you do a subway story someone's about to get hit by a train um but then we got this note that they can't be on the tracks they can't even like be lean over near the tracks and we were like that's kind of the whole climax of the story we didn't know how to fix that 
but then we wrote this whole like there's a there's like a rat that has something of theirs and then it gets stuck on the, and the on the track and we're like okay so that's okay there can be a rat on the track Rat can get stuck but not a main character i guess yeah. i guess that's to not encourage kids to go it was an imitatable action which we understood um so but i kind of liked what we thought of better because i thought it was funnier and less the risks expected. are higher yeah the and stakes are higher i mean yeah it was and it was a lot cuter and then having said that we did this other um episode called hurricane hal where two characters go ice bear and chloe they go through a tunnel and then it turns out that the train tunnel and the train's going to run them over and that was okay because they didn't know they were on the train tracks at first so it's not imitatable because it was just a mistake (laughs) there's always kind of a way to to maneuver around those rules because they are kind of case by case and that's a lot, a lot of like creative problem solving, which is kind of yeah. Some it can be stressful when you don't want to solve the problem, <laughs> and you like what you had before. But more often than not, it produces a pretty interesting fix that makes the story even better. Gotcha. So say say like I'm just I'm just like wondering what kind of skills uh, are are best needed for something like this, like a writing for a kids show. Um, like if you were to bring somebody in the team right now other than like they're good at writing they understand the show like what kind of person would you look for oh yeah i've been in that position a bunch of times where you're you're kind of looking for the right writer for the show and it's hard to put a finger on what exactly you're looking for but just someone one who's clearly good to work with and can type (laughs) and can write and but knows story structure and um just has interesting ideas. So, but, okay, so what could I say I'm applying? Uh, what could I do to, to make myself stand out? And you're like, we need to hire Terry because he's a good writer. He has interesting ideas. He can type. <laughs> uh, if you, oh, I guess if you're a typical writer, you'd have some sample scripts. Yeah. And the sample scripts would need to stand out as, you know, being funny or the premises are interesting. Um, that they're well-written, they're not boring to read. Because when people are looking through scripts, they look through a lot of them and they all blend together and they're not fun to read. No. If you have one that's just kind of jumps off the page a little bit and shows off your personality a lot, it'll stick out. Um, I mean, that's, that's, I feel like that's great advice. I know, but I'm trying to figure out how I would cookie, do It's pretty cookie cutter advice. Like, it's not exactly, <laughs> I guess sometimes you can sniff from reading a script that they just wanted to write like, oh, this is a functional script or this checks boxes as being a good sample, but something that's really reflective of your tastes is the best sample you can have. Um, Especially if someone with complimentary tastes wants to bring you onto the show, because then in that case, you're an absolutely great fit. So what if I, um, what if I say like, if I'm writing a script to send in um, I have to check all those boxes to make sure it's like formatted. It's, got, it's a script format, et cetera. But like, w- I guess if I'm feeling really proud of uh, parts of it that I put in that are like me or in like instinctual to my creativity, would that be a good sign? Because I, I mean, if like, you if you feel good about what you wrote, then that's always a great sign. Another thing that <laughs> would always stick out to me was, um, you know, we we get kind of a summation of people's backgrounds and some people would submit stuff that wasn't even scripts like they wrote a comic book 
or they made a short film or um, something like that. And that always stuck out to me because I meant their, their interests were kind of beyond just writing. That's um, interesting. And, and that kind of follows how, how your path went. So like, uh, I'm more than just, I can just do scripts. I have experience doing a lot of different format things like short comedy, longer yeah. stuff. Okay. Yeah, knowing that was always really good. So if we got a writer and they're like, oh, they perform uh, comedy, you just sort of know, okay, then they probably have a really good mind for jokes. And then that kind of gets stored in my brain when I'm looking over the rest of their stuff. Um, you, oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, you go for it. Do you ever get like within the <laughs> studio life itself, do you ever get people who are like maybe on the storyboard team or animation team that want to become writers and maybe switch that it up? Happen, or... That happens all the time. And actually, we went through a couple of writers. There was a time when I was the only writer and we needed a second one. Um, and we, I was looking through a lot of people's scripts and I, I personally was having a hard time like finding someone who seemed like a good fit. And I started asking for comic book artists instead, just because I think I was bored of reading scripts and just wanted to read comics. And I thought I'd get a better idea at someone's personal vibe because if they can write comics, they can write outlines and jokes. And, uh, but actually Daniel suggested we, we test out one of our old revisionists who had also boarded on the show as well, who had been working on a couple different shows. Um, and it just seemed like a natural fit because, you know, when you work as a story artist, you are a writer, you know, and you're reading outlines and scripts all the time. So, and you understand story structure and it's, huge part of your job so if anyone is a board artist they if they're working they definitely have been hired because they have good writing skills nice i was just wondering because like in the studio space it can get very compartmentalized with you know you're boarding that's all you do you're animating that's all you do and how much uh crossing over between de departments there yeah is. well i feel very lucky on bears there was a lot of trying to get people to collaborate and get an eye on other people's work so it never felt too divided you know we we loved bringing people into the writer's room and, and seeing other people's work at whatever stage they were looking at gotcha um maybe just still thinking about the pipeline so you you're involved from an episode from the conception basically and then you watch it at the end and it goes through all these different stages voice acting you know animators comp compositing etc cetera, etc cetera. is there anything that you wish like you could be more involved in or you would change about the pipeline to like better represent the core of what you're trying to create? I think, I think at first I would have that feeling where it's like, oh, I wish I was more involved in the later stages so it could be more like what I wrote. Yeah. But then yeah. the more I was on the show, the less I had that feeling because people would usually make the writing way better. Like in boarding, usually in boarding, even from an outline, a story beat will be simplified because they just, that solution just has to be found while they were boarding out the episode. So usually the story gets improved. And then usually different board artists have their own sort of jokes. And I get to the point where I was really looking forward to see how the story would change. Um, and then sort of by the end of Bears, we, the writers were getting to look at boards and um, the recording scripts and the animatics and giving our, just like, suggestions for jokes or cuts and that felt good to me but I was really I really loved seeing the stories transform as they went moved on that's kind of nice I guess from the opposite is there anything that you wish 
um, people further down in the pipeline knew about writing that that might enhance things overall? Uh, I mean, this is if this is anyone who's like a board artist or something listen to this. Um, there will be. I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're a board artist and you're working on a show, I hope you're. In a, it's a good environment. And you can just talk to the writers because me and uh, Chris McKay, the other writer on We Baby Bears, love to hear from the board artists, especially about anything they don't want us to write. <laughs> like if there's something we put into a script that is hard to draw and they're wondering why we keep putting them in. Oh, no. We are like, please tell us so that we'll, we will stop putting that in because we don't we don't we don't always think about it when we're writing about how something might become a challenge later on. Cool. Um, I'm wondering if we can talk about the actual writing itself, because like We Bear Bears is a pretty unique show. I see like memes all the time. You know, it's it's like got this whole like toy cult, whatever following. How do you ensure that each episode your writing stands out and makes an impact on on an audience and versus like every other show out there um gosh that's a yeah that's a big question you know really like just important kind of, question <laughs> yeah it really came down to what felt good to us when we were writing episodes of that show and this goes for we baby bears too um if it feels like a good story to us then that's kind of all that matters and what does that mean? We'll, Do you have like core principles of a story that you follow or like to it's the, more just, to the show more just instinct because, um, you know, we could pitch a story and it could feel maybe cliche or boring or not interesting or true to the characters or it's just not really true to the voice of the show. But if it felt true to the voice, then we'd be excited. And if you can feel that excitement. So if you feel excited about the story, it's a good story. Nice. If it's not feeling excited, usually we won't even start writing it or we figure out how to get excited about it. Is there also like some sort of message that you're trying to put out there with the show, like that you hope somebody watching like really gets a strong yeah, sense of? That's, luckily that's just baked into the show and to the characters already. So it's kind of always there, but you know, Bears was kind of always about, um, you know, being true to yourself and being, um, being different, but in a good way. That's sort of always, the underlying principle of pretty much every story. Nice, nice. So do you want to talk a little bit about uh, We Baby Bears and, and the movie as well? Because sure. Switching up yeah. from working on TV series to a movie and then a spinoff series, I'm sure it's got its own. It's all been different. So yeah, yeah, I was getting pretty comfortable with Bears because at that point we were a pretty well-oiled machine, at least in the writing department of just kind of getting our outlines done on time. But then we were asked to make a movie and we spent like, couple of years working on the movie and it was a really weird experience weird in a good way it was just uh it was good because we realized we didn't know exactly how to do this and we had to figure it out as we went and that's exactly what season one felt like so suddenly there was all these new challenges but we had the experience of working on the shows so we weren't exactly lost or, or panicked did you so the producers came to you and they're like hey we're making a movie now go for that it was, I think or it was something like, that was always about X, Y, Z. Can you fill in the blanks? Yeah. I think um, the executives told Daniel they wanted a movie and he was, he, he, before working on bears had worked on movies as well as our directors. So it felt like something that was right. And he, we decided to take on the challenge. Amazing. So what were, <laughs> how did it, how, what, like, how do you, 
manage all of this at the same time as well like like working on the show and the movie yeah well there was a, a there was a little bit of overlap and but it did get to a point where we were only working on the movie gotcha has your writing style changed since working on the movie now that you're like that? um no i don't i guess uh just more experience really i mean we went into the movie and we were like how do you write a story that's about seven times longer than our typical story? And we had to like stretch it out and think a lot harder about the scenes we were choosing to include. Um, and trying to really make it worthy of a movie because so many of our climaxes in our episodes were like big and, and cinematic. And we were like, how do we do it in a way that doesn't feel lesser than something we've already done in an 11 minute episode? But I think we figured out how to do that in a way that that felt felt right by just kind of pumping up the stakes and breaking rules. That was a big part, breaking rules of the show. And um, so, like, what's a rule you broke? We showed other bears. Uh, oh, wait, is that a spoiler? That's no, not. The movie's been out for like a year, okay, but or half a year. But there's there's um, you know you see how the bears met. That was a big one. Um, things get a little pretty serious and scarier than they ever did on the show. There, there's a lot of scenes that get um, pretty emotional. We just kind of took it, pushed it to a place that we hadn't seen before. Gotcha. Um, so you've been in the industry writing for quite a few years now. How has it changed since you started? Because like, you know, you started on TV show, now you've done a movie, there's streaming services, like et cetera, et cetera. Like how has the industry changing kind of impacted you or what have you seen change um yeah that's a good question it's changed a lot i mean i remember being at cartoon network for a few years and all this there was all this kind of rumbling about um so yeah sometimes studios will change their direction a little bit but um and sometimes that can go all across the board or just one place but now with everyone kind of shifting towards streaming I feel like people are kind of waiting to hear what the changes are exactly because that includes differences in what they pick up and what they're going to discontinue. And yeah, it's a, it's a big question mark right now. Gotcha. So how are you, so you're on a break right now. What are you doing to prepare or what's, what's upcoming for you? Um, well, soon we'll just kind of get back to it and write more episodes. And while I've been on break, I've been trying not to think about the show because I just want to go in with a fresh brain. But it's funny is they, the second, I think it was a few weeks ago, someone contacted me about like around the time we'll, we'll get back to it. And I immediately was like, oh, here's like 10 ideas we could do. <laughs> so I'm trying to keep my mind off it for, and save it for when uh, so, we have our first meeting. I guess overall in your career, like, you kind of stumbled into this role and now you've really thrived in it. You've had a lot of amazing opportunities, you know, the TV show, writing movie, spinoff. What is your, what is your ultimate goal of, of like what you want to pursue in the future or for yourself? Yeah. I, I mean, I love um, working in animation and I would love to just do that for the rest of my life. It's really fun and I love the job. But I would like to pitch stuff and work on some, maybe work on something that I made up. And then in addition to that, just working on more comics, I think. Sweet. Are you going to pitch one of your comics? 
Um, I've thought about it. My comics are very strange. <laughs> and I, I, I had this, yeah, the comic series Bagel High about bagels that go to high school. And I talked about it with some people about pitching it. But in my head, I'm like, what? the first question you'd get from an exec is why are they bagels? <laughs> I mean, and there's I, so many. I, why are they bears? Like, <laughs> I know. Well, you know, there's you gotta you gotta justify the premise in, in some yeah. way. Um, but yeah, I, I I have other ideas as well. But it's just a matter of sorting out the materials. Have you figured out how to justify the premise yet for the bagels? Um, oh no, no. Okay, <laughs> it's a, it's well, a very arbitrary uh, choice. Yeah, it's for fun. For fun. I mean, that makes sense. Cool. Is there, is there, uh, I'm just wondering maybe my, one of my last questions is like, say I want to get into writing for animation specifically. I haven't taken any steps yet, or I, I've been thinking about this and I'm, I'm going to jump in. What is something I can maybe do right now, like today, that'll have the most impact for me in the long term? Um, like a business episode, I've yeah. exited. I'm like, I'm ready to start something. What, what should I do? I mean, I would just practice writing. I mean, just write something, write a short script, write a long script, write a short film, write a, write a movie. Um, you could even try writing just like the Bible premise for a hypothetical show. Um, just kind of do anything. It'll help you exercise your writing brain. There. And then was- if you like any of it, you can hold on to it in case anyone asks if you have anything. Nice. All of those things you mentioned, the Bible, the script for the movie show, et cetera, have like very specific formats. Would you recommend learning all that stuff up front or just going at it with your ideas and writing? Um, I think, I mean, if you want to get into writing, you should learn the script, basic script formatting. I mean, there's, there's a million, you know, screenplay rules, but really the only rules has to be clear and learning to write clearly is very important. Right, clearly. Cool. Is there anything else you wanted to to share as we wrap up? Um, I don't think so. I think I hope I I hope I was informative. <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, I I asked as much as I needed answers to, and you answered everything. Sure. So yes. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> well, thank thank you so much for coming on the chat, Mikey. It's, it's well, thank uh, you. Important. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and if you're listening and you want to get in touch with Mikey or follow his work or whatever, you can do so by checking out his Instagram, which is Yo-Yo Robot. And his website, which is timetravel.com, where he also has his comics. And I'll include those links in the description of this chat. And thanks so much for listening. That's all for now. Okay, bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Will Farmer and the graphics by Daniel Abensauer. I encourage you to look them up if you enjoyed their work.